I'm RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. Milwaukee ties the series. Now two of the three, big three, out for the next game. And you know what? Milwaukee is favored now to advance. In this series, Milwaukee is favored over Brooklyn. The Suns sweep, but they're not the favorite to win the title. In fact, they're not even the second favorite to win the title. The Phoenix Suns are only the third favorite to win, even though they're the first and only team to advance. Speaking of trying to advance tonight, the Clippers, game four, trying to even the series, and they're favored by five points in this game. That assumes the Clippers are the much better team. What's going on? Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live on a Monday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. And this is an Aftermath Monday. What went on? What does it mean about what's happening going forward, including a big game with the Clippers and Utah tonight? Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got some major issues for an NBA title contender and two more games in the playoffs coming up later on. What is the Vegas lead here on this Monday? We're going to go macro, big picture, and it's how much injuries are affecting this year's playoffs. And really what we're going to discuss is at least try to raise the question, how much of this is a result of the shortened off season. How much of this is a result of now literally with seven teams left, none of them, none of them were in the final four last year. So you have the four best teams last year, and now you have the seven best teams remaining this year, and there's no overlap. That can't be a coincidence. I want to, you know, kind of go through these series and in the season really and say how much were they affected by injuries. Yeah, and the big injury yesterday was, of course, Kyrie Irving, who rolled his ankle in the uh, Brooklyn Nets loss to the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 4 of that series. He has already been ruled out for Game 5, and so a series that was once led by Brooklyn, two games to none, Brooklyn with an opportunity to win Game 3, all of a sudden find themselves in a must-win scenario. Game 5 shorthanded because James Harden also still out dealing with that hamstring injury. And... If you look at game five, it's a situation where uh, even though it's in Brooklyn, game five, and there's only three games left, right? So if you have a best of three effectively, and one team has two home games, and one team has one home game, it's a rare occurrence. And by definition, the team with home court had the better regular season. It is the rarest of rare things that you'll see the road team being favored to win the series. And and that's what we've got here. 
I think it's fairly justified because obviously what team in the NBA, imagine the Lakers without LeBron and AD, right? Imagine Utah without, I mean, just go down the list and take away the two best players from every team. And you know what? I've got the Nets at that point. But if your two best are taken away against teams at full strength, it's tough. So the, the fact that this is even competitive still in the eyes of Vegas with the two best players uh, or two of the three best players out for Brooklyn, it really speaks to how deep and how almost historic that Brooklyn team was. So let me ask you, Jonas, just with the eye test, is once Kyrie went down, and I believe that the next half hour or so of real time, there was a sense of shock and that it kind of affected the Nets. But once that was over, how would you rate the full-strength Milwaukee team, nearly full-strength, to this Brooklyn team with two of their stars out? Well, just, I mean, the, the better team on the floor the rest of the game throughout. And then also you could feel there was just a sense of real confidence because they went into game three. And I think the feeling from a lot of people who watched game three was, I mean, yeah, great win, you know, good win, good for Milwaukee, but, you know, nobody really thinks this is going to go that much longer. And it wasn't long ago that we were talking about, hey, maybe you don't even need James Harden to beat this Milwaukee team. And now well, you fast I mean, forward. I, I think we uh, we thought that uh, Brooklyn was the clear exactly. favorite without Harden. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And so just to see what happened midway through the second quarter and beyond, I, like Kevin Durant did as much as he possibly could. Uh, they just were completely outmatched totally overwhelmed and there's a sense of uh, confidence that's now instilled within Milwaukee to where they feel like there's blood in the water and they have an opportunity here now you're bringing up a good point and you've got a good feel for this is I guess I don't humanize the players as much whereas I, I guess I do in a negative sense if I think that they're you know like there's some speculation about Philadelphia, I think Barkley was talking about it, was, okay, they're in Atlanta for a couple of days after, like, a statement win. Maybe the the wings might be calling, you know, hey, come get some wings at Magic City. Right. And I think as a, I can understand that part of humanity. I The love of wings, for example. But what I don't do as well as you is think about, oh, this is going to buoy them. This is going to give them confidence. To me, I, I guess I'm a confident person. I, I Though, I listen, there's times I've been uncertain of things, and then I do well, let's say, and then I'm more confident, and that's awesome. I don't, I'm not in touch with that as much. And you really were with Phoenix. You said, listen, Phoenix supplanting the Lakers. Not only does it advance them, but it gives them confidence. And that was a team that played, and we'll talk about the game a little bit, with max confidence in that series and swept them. I mean, that's as well as you can do, a sweep a team. And and the games weren't all that competitive. I mean, it was a dominating Phoenix performance. I think what you're saying here is it's not so much Milwaukee's thinking we're better than we thought we were. It was, hey, the first two games we were nervous. The whole season was kind of pointed towards the playoffs, and we – uh, the moment got beyond us, but now, now we're starting to f- play better. And you know what? Or kind of now we're starting to play like ourselves might be the better way to say it. And then Milwaukee looks over and goes, "Oh look, we can beat that team." Yeah. Because you know, t- we see the two guys on the bench, so I think it's a combination of them coming in, into their own and getting comfortable, Milwaukee. 
And then just looking over and saying, hey, maybe we couldn't beat them at full strength, but it doesn't matter. They have their minus two stars right now. And I think that gives them. So I guess the way I would say it is this. Imagine if whoever's playing for Kyrie, that there was another example where Kyrie played, but he played exactly like his backup would have, meaning identical. I think Milwaukee's better now than they would be in that spot. Because if Kyrie played like a backup, the psychology would still be, we got to beat Kyrie, Harden, let's say, and Durant. But if you take those two off, now it's you not only gain, if you're Milwaukee, the removal of that high-quality player, but you gain confidence. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's both the confidence that we can do this with the reality that the backups – for Brooklyn cannot play as well as the start, you know, the the absent starters, and thus you have a better chance to win. I think it's both of them. And I also think there was a general feeling that the, the NBA Finals are going to go one of two ways: either the Lakers were going to win, or it was going to be Brooklyn because they had the the you know three great players on the team and they had their big three figured out. Well, now the Lakers are gone. And now Brooklyn's really banged up. Harden's, you know, it got that that hamstring that injury that's been an issue all season. And they can say Kyrie's just out for this next game, but that was a nasty injury. And, and although x-rays were negative, that feels like something that's going to take a little while. I wonder if there's now a reinstilled confidence of all teams remaining in the playoffs. Meaning, wait, so the two big dogs are really compromised one's already out and one is you know just have a has a patchwork starting five based on their injury issues i wonder if it's not even just milwaukee i wonder if there are other teams in the playoffs that are looking like and saying to themselves we could do this like mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. wasn't possible before this is our opportunity to try and you know make some magic here this run and i wonder if we don't understand professional athletes to the point where it feels like they have irrational confidence in spots, you know, where some professional batters will be like, well, you know, they only have a 12% chance to get that number two seed. So they probably didn't play too hard. It's like, I don't think, I think in general, if, if you're getting the crap beat out of you after two games, I think it helps Milwaukee because they saw what the, not even the full version, but the almost full version of Brooklyn would do to them. And, it, and, and I can see where taking away Kyrie gives you confidence. I'm not sure. Like, a, I don't think Chris Paul was worried. Right. Maybe he was. Maybe he won't admit it. But they do seem like guys that do have professional athletes in general have an irrational exuberance, irrational confidence sometimes. But it can hurt. And to speak to your point, let's look at the preseason odds. All right. So coming into the preseason, Milwaukee was the second favorite. So they thought, okay, hey, you know, they're pretty good. Everyone thought they were good. Clippers were the third favorite. So that's kind of the chalk that was there. And the Nets were 12 to 1. So the Nets weren't all that, you know, confident, or, or at least the market wasn't. But then as you go down, the Suns were the eighth favorite at 20 to 1. And then the Jazz were the 11th favorite at 30 to 1. And the 76ers were tied for 11th at 30 to 1. So the Sixers have felt kind of chalky this year. But the, and then Atlanta was forty to one, so I there's been one NBA team 
I think maybe two in 20 plus years. And if you go back 30 or 40, like let's go back to 1979, 80, which is kind of demarcator for me with Matt, you know, actually was when the three point line started uh, in the NBA and Magic and Bird's rookie year is there's maybe three or four teams that were over 25 to 25 to one or over to win it. This is the chalkiest league there is, the NBA. And the reason is because it's a seven-game series and luck doesn't mean as much in each individual game. In football, the ball is not round and it bounces funny and it just takes one turnover to swing games. In basketball, what's the biggest effect that one play can have? Uh, three points you can either make or miss a three yeah and, you know you could make a case that oh a foul call early on a star might mean more but the games are pretty much you know dozens and dozens of possessions who's going to win in the nfl it's not and it's one game versus seven so it's usually chalk the last team that wasn't chalk was golden state the first year they won it remember mark jackson was there yeah the year before they lost i think in the first or i think first round and then next year they were not expected to win it golden state was 25 to 1 uh, think back how many other teams were like out of nowhere and literally any team here the bucks would not be out of nowhere the clippers would not be out of nowhere and obviously the nets wouldn't be all right that's three of the seven left but of the four other teams left, and these are four teams right now with a heck of a chance to win it. If you look at the title odds now, Brooklyn's still number one, Jazz are second, Suns are third, Bucks are fourth, Sixers are fifth, Clippers are sixth, So, and then the Hawks are seventh. So if we look at some of the favorites here, Utah, Phoenix, etc., and the rest of these remaining Literally, just one more time, because it bears repeating. This is so rare that you've got a team, specifically the Suns, that was 20 to 1 to start. And then you've got the Jazz was 30 to 1. You've got the Sixers was 30 to 1. And the Hawks, 40 to 1. 20, 30, 30, 40. Any of them would be like maybe the fourth time in 40 years that such a long shot won the NBA title. This is the least chalky we've ever seen the last 18 you know we're only in the second round and already it's like the chalk is is uh, so much chalk has gone down and obviously the lakers at the top of that list i think the injuries are the driver of that i mean you got to wonder if brooklyn's not hurt i mean is there even a chance i mean there's a chance but i think they cruise and and i do think one more thing about how much respect brooklyn's getting still so let's let's take a minute with that. They're still the favorite, two and a half to one. Jazz are second favorite, three and a half to one. Now should they be? I kind of still see it because the theory is if Kyrie is out even at two games or even the rest of the series, they still have a, de- a pretty decent chance to advance. And if they do, the health of him shouldn't be an issue. Kyrie should be back for the next round. So it's really the the uncertainty with Brooklyn is this round. Now, if they do advance, you could say, well, Harden's going to be prone to re-hurt his hamstring. Maybe. But would you agree with me? If Brooklyn gets through this round and there's no additional injuries, that they should be the favorite. I, I uh, To come out of the East, I would say No, no, yes. I'm saying to win it. To win it. <sighs> Uh, if well, I I just I don't know. Well, let's, what, let's say let's say it's the Sixers, Brooklyn, 
Utah and Phoenix in the conference finals. You don't have a, a fairly healthy Brooklyn team as the clear favorite? Well, uh, no. If they get one of those guys back, all they need is Harden yeah, 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 or, yeah. or Kyrie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Because I don't think – I mean, unless Kyrie's got something that they're hiding, Kyrie would be back within the next – I mean, they're saying he could be back in game six, but he'd be back for the next round. you got to figure, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I just – I wonder how – truthful they're being about the severity of the injury that was as nasty of, a, of an ankle injury as it as it looked like uh, he was reportedly in a walking boot afterwards um, I, I just that's the one I want to keep an eye on and, and obviously the James Harden but if they get one of those guys back I, I still think they're the favorite I, yeah. I also think this if they don't get any of those guys back for this series I think Brooklyn, I think Milwaukee's going to win this series. But if for whatever reason Kevin Durant goes off and they advance past this round, I think they could beat either Atlanta or Philly without either James Harden or, or Kyrie Irving. So you're I saying they, two of the three? Yeah, I, I think if, if two of the three were out, they'd have a much easier time next round than they would right now with Milwaukee. Okay, so Milwaukee's the best team yes, remaining in the East 100%. other than Brooklyn. Yep. But let's say that it was just Kevin Durant against Phil, you know, and the rest of the team, but other than the big two, you know, or the two of the big three out. So Kyrie out, Harden out, Durant in for the entire conference finals. Now, uh, remember, Philly has home court. Who would you have in that? I'd make Philly the favorite there. Um, I would make Philly a slight favorite, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't dismiss Brooklyn. I still think I, I still think they would be capable of beating them much more so than beating Milwaukee without two of those three. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. That's Jonas Knox. Now this shows you how much respect Milwaukee's getting. Not o- or check that Brooklyn. Brooklyn is getting. Not only are they still favored to win the title, with Milwaukee being the fourth favorite. Milwaukee is plus 475, and they were plus 400 entering the year. So right now, the betting market thinks Milwaukee has less of a chance to win the title than they did starting the year. That's insane. Those bookies, they are cockroaches. But, but, let's accept the market for what it is. I find it fascinating that Milwaukee in Game 5 is only a three-and-a-half point favorite. All right, now, they're on the road. It's in Brooklyn. But, man, that, that, that means if the game was in Milwaukee, let's swing it, they'd be like a seven-point favorite. I mean, that's showing a lot of respect. A lot. I mean, think about it. The game four line, and, and, and this game four line, Jonas, was historic. Now, check this out. This will be the last thing we do before the break. Is we had a pretty common um, sequence of games entering game four in the Milwaukee Brooklyn series. It was home team one first game, home team one second game, road team, or now it went back and the former road team becomes home, Milwaukee, and they win that game. So it's 2 1 going in the fourth. That's super common. Right? We've seen it, I mean, we see it all the time. Of all the games that's ever happened, the adjustment in which what was the difference in the line in game three and game four? Because the theory is game three, the home team's in a must-win spot. The crowd's just rocking, and we see it all the time. There's some adjustment. If Even if that home team wins game three, the fact is game four ends up being kind of like the key game. And, and it's like, okay, there's an adjustment. The adjustment that was made was the biggest 
in recorded point spread history in the favor of Brooklyn. And remember, as anyone that watched the game knows, Kyrie didn't get hurt till the game started, so there was no sense that he was going to get hurt. So it was the big two without Harden in that game four that was – because everyone was like you, Jonas, saying – yeah, Milwaukee won game three, but that wasn't that wasn't convincing at all. Like, that was the sense. And the movement went from, uh, it was like five and a half points of movement. So, uh, Spencer, I don't have it right in front of me. Do you remember uh, McKenzie's got, got the stomach flu today after a long weekend? Is Do you remember what the game three versus game four line was? Because in, in, I, I know that the adjustment was like five and a half points. you have the exact line of those two games? I can get it in just a moment. All right, so let's do this. Let's take our first break. When we come back, what we'll do is get to that first is show you that the market's respect on Milwaukee or on Brooklyn versus Milwaukee was more than any team in recorded point spread history and the fact they lost, yeah, it tells you that, hey, Kyrie's important, but it also tells you there's so much love for this Brooklyn team. It's probably going to continue even through the injuries. We'll break it down. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at what the injury status in the Brooklyn-Milwaukee series means to the NBA title picture. Yeah, and we got the numbers on that historic line adjustment that happened between game three and four. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you and your support. And we're going to return the favor, continue to, giving the best show, delivering the best show we can. You can listen across the country on the radio, 225 stations. You're not sure which one? Just go to foxsportsradio.com. You can see a list of the stations. And you can just stream it right there if it's convenient. Right here in Las Vegas on the Strip, 109 degrees, the neon is percolating. So, RJ, we've been talking about the series in the Eastern Conference that is the big conversation here throughout Sports Talk Radio and beyond as the Milwaukee Bucks have evened their series with the Brooklyn Nets. Two games apiece with a 107-96 win yesterday. And the conversation now moves forward with the injury status to Kyrie Irving and James Harden becoming a big storyline for the NBA title picture. Yeah, so this would be a good test for Spencer. Let's see if he was able to accomplish this. So Spencer sitting in for McKen, you know, the second chair moves to the first chair. McKenzie with the stomach flu <clears throat> on Monday. <laughs> uh, you know, who knows? It could be. It could be. <laughs> he sounded fine on the phone. Is the line in the Brooklyn game three versus game four? Game three, Brooklyn was plus three and a half. And game four, Brooklyn was minus two. That's a 5.5 okay. point adjustment. 5.5. You can always tell when someone's not a gambler when they say 0. 0.5. Like if you, that's a little tip out there. When you hear one of the, the supposed gambling announcers go, yes, they're favored by 5.5. It's like, no, 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 that's 5.5. That's 5.5. <laughs> uh, you, you would get beat up saying 5.5. But that said, I like the info. And as we've talked about, um, when you go through uh, Pick'em, 
it goes from minus one to pick them to plus one. There is no minus a half. So, you know, it's kind of confusing for novices, but, or, or you know, again, often others who claim not to be, but uh, let's call that a, you know, mathematically five and a half is fair. Four and a half is more accurate. But if you look at the history and, and I mean, we're talking about 20 years of NBA playoff data. That is the biggest adjustment between a game three and a game four in favor of the road team after the home team won. So it's, uh, let's say, from the perspective of Brooklyn, it's win, win, lose. And now what's happening in game four, which was this most recent game, that line went from being, as as he said, a three and a half point underdog. So Brooklyn healthy, you know, without Harden, but two of the three was a three and a half point underdog in game three. In game four, they were a two point favor. So here's the question, Jonas, what changed between game three and four other than the obvious extra motivation that, that Milwaukee had because game three was such a must win? I think that people looked at game three and just said, man, the fact that Brooklyn played as bad as they did and still had an opportunity to win that game late, this is just a, a prelude. This is a cute storyline, but it's just a prelude to, to what this series is going to look like, especially in the next game. And I then agree. Obviously, yeah, that, that's, and, and, that's what was my takeaway. But what I'm saying is usually an adjustment like that is a half a point or a point. The idea that that adjustment, what you know, the typical adjustment between three and four is like, in that spot is like one, one and a half point. The fact that this adjusted five and a half, you know, or a little bit less, but okay, in that range, it's like, what's going on here? And remember, yeah. the same thing happened. If you look at what between game two and three, there was a gigantic adjustment because remember in game two, it was uh, Milwaukee because, you know, Harden being out, though he was out most of game one, he came into game one healthy. The adjustment was massive there. This series, in that case, it was in favor of Milwaukee. Remember, Milwaukee was favored in game two. So Milwaukee, what's interesting is Milwaukee in game two with Harden out was like a one and a half point favor. And now they're a three and a half point favor. So even with Kyrie out, it's only a small adjustment because there was such an overreaction to Harden getting hurt. This series, more than any I can remember, Jonas, more than any I can remember, has been the prisoner of the moment. Oh, remember what the series praise coming in was with Harden and Kyrie. It was only like minus 180 for Brooklyn, who has home court. So home court's minus 140, let's say, this year because uh, home court's not as valuable by somewhat because of still the COVID effects of crowds and stuff. So what we were saying coming into this series was Brooklyn's better, but, you know, just by one, one, one notch, one notch better. 140 becomes 180 because 140 is for home uh, in this series. Minus 140, minus 180. Okay, so... I thought that was way too low, but okay, let's accept that. But then in game two, it was like, huh, Harden's out. We're going to do a drastic move and make Milwaukee the favorite in Brooklyn. Now that's like saying, geez, Milwaukee's the better team without Harden. Then it's like, well, no, because they just get crushed. And then if you jump to game four, with Kyrie planning to play, it was like, oh no, Brooklyn is a is a, a three and a half point favorite now on the road. 
I mean, it, it, I'm, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I've never seen a series that goes from it's about even Brooklyn with a small edge to start to game two without Harden. It was like Milwaukee's the better team by far. I mean, how your favorite on the road, you're the better team by far. Milwaukee was favored in game two on the road. Then in game four, Brooklyn was a big, a significant favorite on the road. How can both teams be favored on the road? Uh, Milwaukee I, in game two is favored on the road, and then Brooklyn in game four is favored on the road. It just shows you. And now Milwaukee again is favored on the road, though it makes more sense because there's two injuries. But I got to be honest, it feels almost like that Lakers Phoenix where I spent, the, I won't spend the whole show on it, but like being flabbergasted that this line didn't make any sense. And what we found out later was some people knew about a potential LeBron suspension, and thus it was moving the line in a way I didn't understand. This one, I don't think there's any secret, but it, it, it does. I mean, let me just ask you last question on it. Explain to me how, after game one and before this next game, game five, so in game two and three, what we knew was in game four, we knew this. Harden's out, Kyrie's in, Durant's in. That was the case going into game two, yeah. three, and four. How is it in game two? that Milwaukee's favored on the road, and then in game four, Brooklyn's favored in, on the road, and the assumptions were the same injury-wise in, in both of those games. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. It, no. it's like a, it, 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 I, I mean, people, go through history and find me a scenario this has been the case. You won't find it. And and especially in a year where you know we we don't really know what to do with home court because it's, it's a little it's, bit less, but still it's it's getting to the point. I mean, you you watch the game, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jones, but you watch the games. Is it feels like home court's moving towards seventy eighty percent of its typical value? Yeah, no, no, it, it does, and especially um, the the more people are getting into these arenas and the more comfortable they are with just being back out and and going to these events. I I, I think it's completely starting to liven up a lot of these arenas. But I also noticed this and, and this could have been just exclusive to one sports book but I was curious yesterday after the Kyrie injury it was the third quarter I think it was like late in the third quarter I went on just to see what the live line was because I like to do that from time to time just go on was and this see what you the live or Live Bet Jesus I, listen, I can't speak for Live Bet okay, Jesus I don't, okay. I don't even know who that individual is but, but you know uh, of you know, him you know of yeah, him yeah I mean I, I've heard rumors and reports that he makes appearances at random times on Fox <laughs> Sports Radio uh, but no I, I went on just to, just out of curiosity to see what the live line was and it wasn't available every single live line on every sporting event was up baseball soccer uh hockey you anything that was i looked specifically for that game and the live betting line was taken off the board and and i didn't know what to make of that and i don't know if that was just exclusive to that book or if that was the case in a lot of other places as well too so here's what i would say is there's People use the terminology interchangeably, but there's live batting, uh, which is literally every stop of uh, every stop of play. If there's a foul, whatever, they put up something new. And then there's the ones that commercial breaks and the ones that are not commercial breaks, but rather much more real time. Those are algorithms. There's a mathematical formula that says, okay, whatever factors they put in there, how good are the teams, home court advantage, whatever it is, that produces the odds. Okay. Because there's no human that could do it fast enough to do it you know, with 10 seconds to spare or whatever. Right. So my guess is that book 
and and more than that book, but you know many books didn't feel comfortable making an in-game adjustment without Kyrie that they feel like their algorithm would be accurate. And what the bookies do, and I don't blame you know I blame the bookies for a lot, but if they don't think they can put up a good number, it's kind of hard to ask them to right. take bets. <laughs> so in general, it's just the uncertainty that would come from an injury like that in-game, and they you know no, I know some were up, others and some books have more tolerance for risk you know and others like to always have a short thing cockroaches so all right so here's what we'll do speaking of injuries we're going to discuss just how much the injuries affected things be sure to catch live editions of straight out of vegas weekdays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific on fox sports radio i'm jonas knox voice of you the fan he's the voice of vegas rj bell let's do this we'll take our last break when we come back we're going to preview vegas style both of the games tonight in the NBA. And I'm going to start a new feature. It's going to be, I don't, I haven't named it yet, but it's going to be a variation of what's the best bet if you had to bet something. If you maybe degenerate something, but if you got a <laughs> bet, what would you bet? And I'm going to pick one thing for you that I think is the best bet of the night, even if it's not that good. We'll see. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., we have a doubleheader on TNT in the NBA playoffs coming up later on, actually tipping off less than an hour from now at Atlanta. It's the 76ers at the Hawks. Philly has a 2-1 series lead and are a three-point favorite in this game on pregame.com. Okay, so Sixers down in Atlanta for multiple days. Jonas, does that concern you as a Sixers backer? <laughs> um, yeah, it might be a little uh, like some cause for concern, especially if they're feeling good about having a 2-1 series lead. Might have gotten after it a little bit. Uh, the definition of complacency, perhaps. Okay, now another question. Can you, if I was going to ask you, and maybe this week I'll ask you this same kind of question is, explain to a young child why Aaron Rodgers is mad. And I'll see if we can get an answer because I don't think there is one that anyone could give that makes any sense right now. Let me ask you this. Why is Embiid playing more minutes and is more involved in the game with usage, you know, if you look at usage numbers, since he hurt his meniscus than he has in any other time in, of his career. You could make the case that in the games in this series, which are all post that injury, his usage rate, his minutes are as high as any time in his career. What, and they haven't, it's not as if these games were particularly close. And I would make the case that game three, that Sixers had a significant lead. It was almost insurmountable, if not insurmountable, and Embiid was still in the game. So it's one thing to say, hey, it's the playoffs, baby. We do what we need to do. What is the reasonable rationale for this amount of usage and playing of Embiid? Um, maybe he wasn't as injured as was being reported. But he missed an entire game. I know. 
I'm, I'm thinking maybe the idea was this is maybe some fatigue, maybe uh, uh, give him a day. Um, I, I so you just, think he was getting a, a rest day during the NBA playoffs? He doesn't seem to be affected by a meniscus tear. But the whole thing about a meniscus tear, and again, I dropped out of medical school, so I didn't graduate, but well, I didn't really go, but okay, is that it's not so much that it's hurting you now, it's the fact that it's weakened, and thus if it if you land a certain way or whatever, it's going to then tear worse or tear all the way, right? It's I, It feels like this is one of those it's okay till it's not type injuries. Yeah, and, and look, maybe there's also the aspect of Joel Embiid. One of the knocks on him yep. has always been the yep. injuries, just yep. like Anthony Davis. Yep. And maybe he looks at this and says, man, I, I'm not going to go out there and be concerned about getting hurt anymore. I just want to go out there and play and let the chips fall where they may or, be. Or more, let me make this statement. And if I somehow am able to play out and lead us to a title, it will be Willis Reed style. And right. if I don't, if I go down hard, this isn't one of those injuries that's going to be a 6 month rehab it still will just be surgery and i think it's a you know four five six weeks it's a modest type recovery time so the theory is hey i go down on my sword and no one can ever question hey kevin McHale once played and he's limping for it and you know and b played on a torn meniscus most people wouldn't even play he played a bunch of extra minutes and finally his knee gave out what a hero yeah and, and i think maybe he heard some of the conversations mm-hmm. about anthony MVP. davis and 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 that was one of the big takeaways from the lakers is anthony davis needs to get right because that was a bad way to finish the season for him and maybe he looks at that and says i'm not going down that way so i just and he's, I, he's been dominant. Well, listen, the case could be made that during the regular season that Embiid was the most valuable player per minute, meaning just as much as he was on the court, he was more effective probably than the Joker. It was just yeah. the Joker was on the court. And I don't think it's a coincidence. This is right when Joker won and then was presented as MVP, and he's figuring that should have been mine, except I missed X number of games. So uh, real quick, uh, over under for Trey Young tonight, 27.5 points. Embiid is 30.5 points. So both of them expect to score i don't have any strong opinion in this one let's go to the next one yeah and the next game is the jazz at the clippers the clippers with a dominant win in game three utah has a 2-1 series lead in that matchup that's a 10 eastern time tip on tnt and right now the clippers are a five-point favorite and i mean this is from pregame.com research which i find uh this stat to be particularly interesting how goes the clippers well how does paul george shoot when he shoots, and this is um, the Georgia's playoff team. So throughout his career, when Paul George shoots 50% or better, they win 63% of the games. And when he shoots worse than 50%, 39%. So 63% when he shoots well, 39% when he shoots poorly, Paul George. Personally, I think the Clippers are a hot and cold team. And thus, if I had to make a bet, and this is not even a pizza bet. This is you're a degenerate and you got to bet something. <laughs> I would take the Jazz plus the points here. I lean that way. 
If you missed any of today's show on Straight Out of Vegas, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. Just search in the podcast section for Straight Out of Vegas. And we will be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio for a preview of all the games in the NBA playoffs and a look back at these two matchups from tonight's action. That, again, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here, Fox Sports Radio. And you can find the show, as always, every single weekday on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas!